You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You're goddamn right, I do. One chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore. You are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Courageous. Black alert. This is called Pilot Radio. We are refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzer. I'm totally gonna use that, too. <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of At The Diner. This one, a much spookier edition of At The Diner. We're talking about the most unsettling and disturbing villains just across media. We're going to do horror movies. We're going to do some other stuff as well. But this was MC Brooks's idea. So let me introduce everybody, and then he will kind of lead us into this conversation for tonight's podcast. Uh, Check us out. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am the editor-in-chief of our website. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. Lots of great podcasts, lots of great content across the board for your listening and reading pleasure. Our co-hosts are, as I've already mentioned, one of them. We've got Mr. MC Brooks. We've got Mr. James Rambo. You know him. You love him. MC, tell us about this topic, man. All right. So I wanted to uh, do something a little bit different. You know, Halloween's coming and, you know, I feel like it's very easy to go to do, you know, what most of us to do is just list our favorite, you know, horror movies and, you know, stuff we like to watch around this time of year. Shout out to Coraline and Nightmare Before Christmas for me. Um, <laughs> um, but I wanted, I wanted to think more. I wanted to think, uh, go a bit on the other side of it and think more about like characters from not even just specifically horror media, but just characters in general that, you know, when you came across them, whether it's on TV or in a game or something that just kind of, you know, made you cringe, made you feel very creepy and, kind of grossed out a little bit um so yeah that's kind of uh, that's kind of where the idea came from yeah let's kick it off man um why don't you start us with your first one and then we'll kind of go down round table here and talk right. about our uh right. some of our favorite or the you know the villains we love to hate yeah and that's not all necessarily villains but uh yeah characters uh, uh, yeah. yeah characters just in general so this okay. The first one I'll list here is uh, someone that I know, uh, I think you and that Mike, you and I are, are pretty familiar with because we talk about his show every time a new season comes out with uh, Mr. Joe Goldberg from you. Oh, yeah. 
That's a this, good one, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I think because because it's very easy to see like the the charismatic nature of him when things are right, but when he has like his really like unhinged moments, especially I feel like. It was very like we're kind of a bit more used to it after three seasons. But I feel like that part of the appeal of that first season was just kind of how unhinged that flip of the switch was when he was kind of flying off the deep end about a what was her name Beck? Yeah, Beck. Yeah, yeah. about about literally anything involving Beck, and then even like that final the final episode when he you know inevitably killed her spoiler alert for you it's been like five <laughs> years jesus yeah i mean yeah but uh for everybody yeah, watching just, it now he ain't watching it at all but yeah it's just his character was just very like there was just something it was just always something really off about him because yeah which i think is also part of the appeal because you felt like you could like him and then you couldn't that's you know what though that's the best thing about the the portrayal of that character um the guy who plays him um why am i i don't have my phone on me uh, oh, and badgley. Uh, thank and you badgley, yes. and badgley does such a great job of making a murderer like and, and this is something that our society does like this is pop culture like fodder for sure we love murderous pieces of shit that are handsome for some reason <laughs> like like dexter for instance We're, everybody fucking loves that or, show like, Dahmer right Dahmer. now. We're yeah. Seeing, yeah. Um, I mean, like, there was, um, Allie and I were, uh, shout out to uh, my coworker, Allie, who also listens. Hi, Allie. Um, we were talking about this yesterday about how handsome people get a free pass. And there it's was a called, guy. It's literally who, called pretty privilege. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. This, this, what this guy was doing was, uh, there, there's a whole, like, YouTube series where what he does is he shows two pictures to women. Uh, one picture is a, as a Sikh man. Uh, wears the like the full like headscarf and everything and the other one is Te uh, ted bundy and he shows them to women they're like which man do you think is nicer and they're like well you know the guy on the left that's ted bundy uh he just looks friendly and handsome and like he just seems like he'd be a nice guy and it just shows you that like if you're handsome you get away with a lot of shit i mean fucking richard ramirez the guy who was the night stalker uh serial killer in los angeles in like the uh, 70s and 80s um Mm -hmm. like murdered like 15 20 people something like that and like dude was getting pictures sent to him in prison like women were sending him nude photos in prison because they were so attracted to him like what the fuck and like Penn Badgley does such a great job of it's that inner monologue that makes him likable I know that sounds yeah. weird but he breaks down like why he's murdering and why he's doing what he's doing but like you're hearing his thoughts and like they're like rational and you're just like, oh well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. You know, I mean, I don't know if you had to kill her, but all right, cool. I'm with you, Joe. Let's see where you're going. Yeah. And like, but that's actually, also, that's part of it too. Yeah. Like, because it, it doesn't like, it's like, if I had to, so this is going to be a roundabout comparison on the, the killers on the killers first album, hot fuss. There's a song on there called midnight show. And when you listen to it on first listen, like not fully paying attention, it just sounds like, Oh, Sounds like a guy taking a girl out on a date. Sounds, you know, sounds like a nice time. Until we actually decipher what he's talking about, he's literally describing murder. What the fuck? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, I got what you want. I'm going to take you to a midnight show tonight. If you can keep a secret, I got a basement in the backseat on my mind and a little space that sits beneath the sky. Like. Oh, uh, it's like, uh, it's like Possum Kingdom. Yeah. So. 
it's kind of like that with with joe is like he seems all friendly and nice and like on the surface like it's like oh yeah it's such a awesome dude and then it's like oh no but he's there there's something there's something off there and that's like the un, the really unsettling part because you just can't imagine it until you are seeing him do it so rambo are you implying that possum kingdom is somehow about something nefarious and uh, I will sh take you behind the boathouse and show you my dark secret. It's not a euphemism for his wiener. Um, I suppose it could be, but uh, yeah. I think it was about his wiener, but you know, hey, whatever. Um, <laughs> I I've always enjoyed watching you um, because there's a certain amount of like you shouldn't be liking this character, but you are. And yeah. like, you're literally like, come on, Joe, straighten out your life, bud. Quit murdering people. <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. It just, just hats off to Penn Badgley. And like, I, in watching that, I remember thinking to myself, I was like, you know, if he bulked up a little bit, he would make a good Clark Kent slash Superman. And now like, no, he's well, nope, can't make a murderer Superman. No, well, he is funny enough. He is rumored to be in the running for Mr. Fantastic right now. Well, you know, he is just an actor, ultimately. They're not just going to stick with Krasinski. Like, I feel like that's... Eh, I mean, I we, we just yeah. don't know. Don't, yeah. We don't know what Marvel's, what their plan is. But. Yeah, who knows <laughs> what they're going to do for sure. That's a good one, though. I like that. Well, so, Joe, from, from you, um, yeah, really toes that line of, like, likable, but also, you know, a serial killer. Um, <laughs> Rambo, kick us off, bud. What do you got? Um... Well, let's see. I definitely misunderstood what we were doing. Um, so I leaned cool. more heavily on individual movie monsters and thing and creatures that really freaked me out. Um, and that was the assignment. Like, yeah, I mean that's yeah. fine. That, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I suppose because um, they I, they also count. They fit into this also. That's true. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about whatever we want, man. It's cool. Yeah. So a, a running theme I noticed in a bunch of the specific things that like properly scare me is, and I, again, I, 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 always, I was telling Mike about this earlier, I've always known this about myself, but when you have the list laid out in front of you, it's still like, oh yeah, no, that's that's all that thing. Uh, <laughs> creepy old women. Creepy old women really fucking yeah. freaked me out. Um, and the one that stayed with me for the longest was probably the the like I don't think they even have a, a, a character name properly, but they're credited as as a bride in Insidious. And oh, yeah. oh yeah, okay. The <laughs> it's the <laughs> it's the, it's the <laughs> side character. It's the subplot that becomes the full plot. Um, and uh, yeah, the. The whole sequence where uh, Barbara Hershey, who plays um, Patrick Wilson's mom in the movie, where she goes through and starts showing him all the photos and telling him the story of like the reason why they had to reach out to the like psychic investigator um, was because of him originally, and that's how she knows this woman. Um, and you see the the bride. Uh, it, it, so it's 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 this like scary old woman in a black wedding gown with a black veil and it's this ghost that is progressively getting closer and closer they start taking these photos they were taking like family photos 
and any image of him as a kid, you would start to notice this distortion. And it was like a figure that was getting like closer and closer to him. And the very last photo they show you, and as I say it, I get it, I get a fucking chill, um, is her hand almost touching his shoulder. Um, and for like months, anytime, I, I love, I love horror movies so much, but the monsters from horror movies, even shitty ones, will be in my brain around every corner in every dark room for <laughs> weeks or months after the fact. Yeah. Um, it's it's why I haven't sat down and properly played a horror-based video game in a couple years now, uh, as I've gotten just a little bit older, I've gotten just a little more sensitive, and that shit really freaks me out. Um, but yeah, anytime I'd be in the shower, like I'd close my eyes for more than like a couple seconds to like wash my face or something, she's behind me. Um, and and the the game I play with myself is <clears throat> as long as I can open my eyes fast enough, she can actually get me. Um, That's fair, yeah. And I, I there's there's a similar one with another one on my list uh, that is is not uh, uh, too far off the mark from this. But yeah, creepy old women and that one in particular really fucked me up. Me and Katie were actually just talking about the fact that neither of us have seen past the first Insidious movie. Um, and it's been long enough that both of us are like, well, we're going to watch like two and three. We should probably watch the first one. And I'm like, yeah. Guess we're not we watching two and three. <laughs> About that, yeah. You know, so yeah, it's it's funny, Rambo. Like when you describe like the the game you play with yourself, like which sounds funny because you're talking about a game that you play with yourself in the shower. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you always win, right? Um, Every time. I I will. There are times where stuff like that like pops into my head as well. And then like me being the stupid asshole that I am, I do dumb shit to like entice the ghost. You know, like the fake ghost that I think is chasing me. I'll be like bending over and be like, oops, I dropped something ghost. What are you gonna do? Yeah, like, yeah. Cause I'm both stupid and I have a bad sense of humor. Um, those are good. Those are really or, good. Or, or my favorite is when my brain decides to betray me where I'll be like, you know, half awake and, you know, like a monster will pop in my head and I'm like, that's not scary. And so my brain goes, but how could we make it scary? And so then it starts running through a list of like, what if it had bigger teeth? Oh, what if its entire face was a mouth? What if it had like the long stringy hair that was hanging down? What if it was like across the room, but then you blinked and it was right next to the bed? Like, wouldn't that be scary? I'm like, why? Why are we... Why are we doing that? <laughs> I don't understand why you felt that was necessary, but okay, I guess that's the thing that's happening now. It's the it's the positivity and negativity of you being creative. It's like, man, you're really good at coming up with shit, yes, but at what cost? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I get that. I definitely get that. Um, so when it comes to things that are scary for me, and I think it's telling for me as well, the things that scare me the most are not the physical because like the big monster, Ooh, it's a monster. Oh, that's scary. Not fucking really. That doesn't scare me. It's the psychological shit that fucks with me the most. Right? So to this day, the scariest fucking horror movie I've ever seen in my life, like hands down is event horizon. Like it's sure, not even yeah. fucking close. Like Blair, I love Blair witch project, but also what a Blair witch and event horizon have in common that whole like psychological horror aspect to them where like you see the monsters in Event Horizon, but only in flashes. And like it possesses Sam Neill, you know, fucking poor Dr. Grant gets possessed by the devil or whatever. 
Um, yeah. Same thing with Blair Witch. You never see the monster in Blair Witch, man. That's what makes it so fucking scary. Is I love the the unseen. Like that that is so much scarier when it's done well. But like the whole idea of there being a not just a dark dimension, but an evil dimension that just tortures just for the like the joy of pain. Like that's all that is interested in is is fucking frightening as shit to me. Like to think that like because you'll notice this. The funny part about religion is religion it talks about like oh the light everything's great and God loves you and God's great and God's wonderful. But when you look at all of these horror movies, there is never any light anywhere. It is always evil is evil and evil is strong and you can't stop it. And like, that's fucking frightening to me to think that there's no counterbalance to that. And like, whew, man, like un untapped, unbridled evil that can fuck with you in ways that you don't even know. Cause like, that's what it was doing to all the characters, all, all the crew members on the event horizon. It was literally showing them things just to torture them and just to kill them. And like, I guess that's like a fear of like eventually you would lose your your mind and go crazy. Like that's that's some scary shit. So like my villain isn't even a villain. It's like an abstract concept of like just like horror at, at its at its at its base. Um, but I mean I have actual people too. So don't think I, yeah. I I cheated on the assignment. Like I have I have actual things, not just concepts as well. Well, I, funny thing, the the next one, the next my next pick actually fits into that, and I think that you'll. You'll have a lot to say about him as well. Kilgrave from Jessica Jones. Just the entire, like the entire psychological. Yeah. Did I ever tell you guys that when I first started watching that show, I watched the first episode and then I was like, I will watch the rest of this later. And I went to bed and I had a fucking nightmare about Kilgrave because that shit got in my head so bad. Like, cause that's fucking frightening. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think he is by far like one of the most frightening villains we've ever seen in any of the Marvel shit. Because like Thanos, like Thanos, yeah, okay, Thanos is scary, ooh. But like Kilgrave, it, like yeah, that is the and like honestly, like one of the best performances we've ever seen. Oh no, hands down. I mean, I like right, like I feel like right after Wilson Fisk, as far as the Netflix shows, yep. like Kilgrave, he he would be right up there with him. Um, in terms of the best performances, and honestly, season one of Jessica Jones honestly might be the best piece of like those shows that isn't Daredevil, like collectively as a show. Um, the best, yeah, the best non Daredevil show might be season one of Jessica Jones, just because of just because of that, and and the way that like we saw the constant gaslighting and psychological abuse just over the course of that entire season, even even when we got the reveal in I don't think it was episode eight where we got like the, his backstory on like his him being experimented on and everything that kind of happened to him and even though like like I've never been in that scenario too like it did also kind of make that show kind of a hard watch because of because of all of that as well you know like I think it was episode six when um she had Jessica he had Jessica um, kill Riva. Riva. I don't remember her. I don't remember her name. I might need to go uh, over like the, the tape. Yeah, it's but the, but it was, but it was just that. And then you could tell like in the aftermath, just, just the despair that Jessica had at the fact that she had no control over anything in that moment uh, because of him and because of him using his powers on her. 
it was very unsettling to watch. So that's that's why that's honestly why why I put him on here because even though I haven't seen that in a very very long time, I remember being very creeped out through season one of Jessica Jones for that. Yeah, yeah, that shit was fucking frightening. Yeah, uh, Rambo. Anything anything to say about Kilgrave? Uh, fucking David Tennant, man. Um, yeah, it uh. uh it took a much more she hulk definitely took a more <clears throat> kind of <clears throat> overall comedic approach to the same kind of thing um or at least a similar kind of thing um as uh as jessica jones did but i think that tenant's performance really lends a lot of gravity to um the danger of it and like the the way that he's so matter of fact about things like the 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 introduction of him is him at that family's apartment just like watching their tv and like eating their food and wearing their clothes and shit and there's nothing they can do about it um and it's he for him it's just like yeah this is just how anyone who was in my shoes would operate like I have this ability, and so this is what I do. Why wouldn't I do that? Um, and I think that's one of the things that's really disturbing about him is how casual he is with things. How like the way he talks talks to Jessica about what he's done, or like he doesn't really see it as being <clears throat> as being a problem. Mm -hmm. um, like there's a, there's something I want, so I'll get it. Yeah. Why wouldn't wouldn't everyone do this it's the, it's the total lack of empathy um that's really really fucking disturbing about him yeah a hundred percent but yeah um side note about how much i love david tennant like i not a, i'm not a huge doctor who fan like i just i respect it but have never really watched it much um he has an interview where he's on graham norton and he talks about how he doesn't text much but how he didn't understand that eggplant, he called it as an aubergine, because that's what they call it in, in Europe. He, he didn't understand that aubergine meant dick. And like, yep. he sent his wife, he was like, oh, hey, when you go to the grocery store, will you get this? And she was like, why do you want me to get dicks? And he was like, what? And he, she had to explain <laughs> it to him. Like, and like, he's like, I didn't realize peaches were asses. Like, it was the funniest fucking conversation. I remember that interview, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Rambo, you're up, man. Give me another spooky uh, or, or creepy just villain that just gives you the fucking willies, man. Uh, so this is from a movie that is not especially good. Um, but the execution of the monster in concept is really impressive. Uh, at least it like, really freaks me out. Uh, and that's the Tooth Fairy from Darkness Falls. Um, <clears throat> my understanding is originally there was going to be a uh proper like fantasy style villain monster uh in this movie that was going to be called the tooth fairy to the point where um mcfarland toys actually made a figure of the tooth fairy um and then you know through production you know various things changed but uh it's this woman who um uh you know there's a little tiny town called darkness falls that's you know on the coast and uh, this little late this this lady um, lived in the lighthouse and she got um, horribly scarred from a fire that was there uh, and so for, like for beforehand for years like you know when kids would lose their last tooth 
uh, they'd bring it to her and she'd give them like, you know, uh, like a dollar or candy or something. Um, and it was all like, you know, it was, it was very welcome and, and, and everyone was, uh, uh, very happy about the sweet old lady who would take, take care of the kids. And then there was the fire. She gets horribly scarred. Uh, and she becomes really photosensitive. So she doesn't want to go out, uh, in the daytime. She doesn't have to, uh, and she would wear this porcelain mask, uh, just to cover her face. But, you know, over time, people kind of relaxed about it, and she healed up a little bit, and kids started going to see her again. And then one day, this one kid who went to go see her disappeared. And the town flips their shit, and they go, and they uh, they pull her out of the fucking lighthouse, and they string her up. And before they're, you know, before she dies, she basically curses the town and and, uh, and says, you know, like, what I took in friendship before, now I'll take in revenge, and... Um, and they kill this woman, and the the next day they find the kid, and he just gotten lost. Um, so the town kind of like buries the story, and it's this you know this great shame that they've carried for years and years and years, but nobody really talks about it anymore. And so the monster version is what's what's happened is now she comes back as this sort of like monster slash ghost thing that when a child in darkness falls loses their last tooth she comes to visit them and as long as you don't see her you're fine but if you do see her she murders you and the thing about this character is the way she moves she so so she's she's uh dressed in like this uh like all in black and this sort of like flowy wispy fabric uh she still has this porcelain mask on but what's really eerie about her is one she only appears in the dark and two she doesn't speak but because of the damage from the fire she has difficulty breathing so she always sounds like this uh, and it gets louder and louder and louder and that's how you know how close she is to you like I said, this movie's not especially good, but the first like five or seven minutes of it are one of the best short like, like horror shorts I've ever seen. It's a whole sequence where uh, the the kid who would have en ends up who ends up being our lead, uh, he's lost his last tooth, and she comes to claim it, uh, and the kid manages to accidentally see her but get away from her, and there's this whole sequence where he has. Uh, bolted out of his room and gotten away from her. He, and he runs and he jumps in the bathtub uh, in the bathroom, which is all stark white. And uh, the door is open initially and he can kind of see down the hall. Uh, there's this big mirror in his room and his mom has heard him running around and she goes in to visit and, and like, check on him and see what's what. And she gets killed by, by the Tooth Fairy. Um, and then, you know, you know, he freaks out, closes the door, and he's just sitting in the in the tub. And you can hear her move through the room, like down the hallway, um, like pursuing him. And it's this very slow, very methodical thing. So it's it's and it, and it's really creepy, and and, and I, I love that one part. Um, but again, this is the same kind of like for a long time. I you know I'd be half asleep and. You know, brain's like, 
wonder if there's anything on the on the room right now. And so I start to hear in my head that kind of crackly, raspy, creaky voice or breathing. <laughs> yeah. Um and like the mythology of it is like as long as you don't see her, you're fine. But if I don't look, then she's definitely there. So I gotta look. <laughs> you, get, you, you don't have any teeth left. You're good. And I'm like, like well, all your, all your baby teeth are gone. Like, for, yeah. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I I 100% start getting into the um <clears throat> the individual like rules of the various media of like what they've established. We're like, well, technically, because like you know, this monster was killed at this current point by this person, or like because this monster was only attacking people that had like took revenge on it. I'm clearly fine. Um, but uh, doesn't always work. Doesn't always work. Um. But yeah, Darkness Falls, the fucking Tooth Fairy. That shit dukes me out. Yeah, I, did, I went looking for a photo and was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Hang nope. on. Hang on. Let's complete the trifecta. Let me look. Okay, Dark. And like, you get, a, you get a full face reveal at the very end, and you're like, that's a, yeah, that's a messed up, scarred looking, you know, kind of witch lady. Um, but it's it's really like the, the sort of general like, ambience that the movie builds around her. And the, the kind of general feeling that really messed me up. Um, yeah. The, and the fucking, the creaking, the creaking breathing. That shit is so creepy. Well, that's not. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Why? Uh. <laughs> why? Why, lady? Why? And like, on top of the fact that, like, I, while we're talking about deep-seated fears, holy shit, I don't like the fucking dentist. Okay, so sure. Um, Same. From, if you guys don't know, from when I was a kid, um, I had to go to the dentist. Is it? Wait, wait is this your pick, or is this like an? I'm add just on? giving backstory okay. on why okay. I'm not gonna watch Darkness Falls and the fucking Tooth Fairy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I already have an issue with with dental work, and that just sounds like like right up her alley. If she's like, oh, you already don't like the dentist and people are fucking with your teeth. <laughs> Look, no, go away, old lady. Um, I, yeah, so like when I was a kid, I had um, braces when I was really young. I was only eight, like nine years old when they first put braces on me. So like, um, just so you know, late 80s, early 90s, dental technology was not the best. And I had to do this thing called a palate expander where they put it in the top of your mouth, uh, in the roof of your mouth, and they like you turn yeah. a key and it basically like breaks your jaw and spreads everything out. And it's fucking horrible. Um, so yeah, needless to say, don't like, yeah, don't like uh, the dentist. So I don't want to see this movie. I'm good. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to give a special shout out to Stephen King. Fuck you, Stephen King, for ruining so many nights of my childhood sleep. Because um, I read so much of his stuff when I was a kid. Um, which is probably why, if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you know about the uh, the uh, incident that occurred at uh, at uh, <laughs> at Bahama Bucks when we were getting uh, Hawaiian shave ice, and there was a fucking clown standing outside of the Hawaiian shave ice, and it really bothered me a lot. Um, I read it first and then saw the movie. Fuck both of those pieces of media. Um, because Tim <laughs> the audio book is also very, very good. Yeah, I, Stephen Weber reads it. Stephen Weber yeah. reads it and he gives a phenomenal performance. He really does, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, not a big fan of clowns, uh, especially Pennywise, because the whole concept of preying on the fear of children and like he 
beads on it. Like that's like, and just fucking with kids. And he ripped off like, the, I can't even remember his name now. I'm, I'm blanking on it. Um, the He rips off uh, the little boy's arm, his, his little brother's arm. Um, George. George, he rips off Georgie's arm. He's like, hey, Georgie, I'm down here in the sewer. Want to play with me? Uh, rip. Yeah, <laughs> just, no, just awful. Just, rip. Yeah, it was, yeah. That movie, I still haven't seen the new one because there's still a little bit of like, leftover i don't want to fuck with this like oh dude if you if you couldn't handle the miniseries you will not be okay with the new movies i need to watch it though because, <laughs> they're good they're yeah, they're very much worth your time i now that i've gotten through it and i'm an adult and i know what happens um I'm, i should be okay and like because i know at the end like Side note, like spoilers if you've never read it or watched any of the movies or this the miniseries or anything like that okay it is not actually a thing, it, it, the clown. It, it's it's a projection from this space monster, this space spider. And like, it, it's fucking weird. And like, I remember watching the miniseries and it taking me out of it. And I was like, this is fucking lame. This isn't scary anymore. And like, I remember that. And so there's a certain amount that I know if I go and watch the movie, the new one with, uh, what's his name? Bill Skarsgård who plays yeah. it, who's fucking frightening in his own right. Um, Seeing him, I'll just know. I'll be like, ah, well, you know, he's a space fighter. You know, don't stare at his abdomen. Uh. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, but there's a theme. You said old ladies. You know what freaks me out is when people fuck with kids. That really, really bothers me. And Stephen King yeah. loves fucking with children and yeah. like murdering them yeah. in horrible, horrible ways. Um, we talked about the... Um, the movie version of Dr. Sleep. Doctors, I knew you were going to say, yeah. as soon as you said um, fucking with kids, I'm like, yeah. oh, trembles. Oh. Yeah. So, <laughs> so shout shout out to that movie because the movie's fantastic. I wrote a review of it. It's on, it's on Great Geek Refuge if you guys want to check it out. But like, the, the whole premise of that movie is these like psychic vampires, essentially. Like, it's all based on The Shining. The Shining is this psychic ability where you can communicate with the dead, you can communicate with other people. It's a whole fucking thing. It's cool, right? But people who have this thing have what these psychic vampires call steam. And basically they taste better to um, to the vi vampires than like a regular person would. So they scare the shit out of these kids and then they feed off of their steam. And they, they catch this one kid who's like a baseball phenom. And the reason why he's a baseball phenom is because he's got the shine so he can see what pitch is coming. And he's just a fucking amazing baseball player. And they fucking catch him and murder him in a field. And it is the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my goddamn life. It's it super was, fucked up. It was so uncomfortable to watch. Like, I'm like squirming the whole time, just telling myself it's like, it's okay. In the end, they fucking get theirs. Danny gets them. It'll be all right. Like, but it was rough watching it, man. And like, again, it's the trifecta of Stephen King, man. Watching Gage and Pet Cemetery get fucking run down by that truck knowing good and goddamn well that the dad is going to dig his ass up and put him in the pet cemetery like i've i've haven't finished that movie like 12 times i get to that scene i'm like nope fuck nope mm, not doing this not doing this the, not watching uh, the kid come back and then and the, the baseball player the that kid is played by jacob tremblay yeah. who is a phenomenal actor and a really fucking cute kid yeah. So it is made all the more painful by oh. like the brutal murder in oh, that man. movie. It is They do not shy away from it. At all. So Ooh, if man. that if that kind of thing triggers you, don't watch it. Fucking yeah. shout out to Mike Flanagan. But it is a fucking great movie. And like I watched this is how much this shit triggered me. I watched I finally got through Pet Cemetery, right? And there's the part where Will Gage 
comes back and kills the mom and then the dad has to kill him with the syringe yeah. right Jax was little he was like two or three fucking Gage looks like Jax when Jax was little and watching the little kid and he had to kill his own son and him going no fair daddy no fair like yeah. that that broke like, I, like my hair is standing on end talking about this shit right now like that broke me I was done for like a week it was so fucked up like, and cute fucking kid Miko Hughes was goddamn adorable when he was little and the story behind that I don't know if you guys knew this or not but Stephen King was all coked out of his mind for a while in the 80s and he wrote yeah. Pet Cemetery and doesn't remember any of it yeah, uh, yeah I, remember, I remember that yeah he gave it to his wife and his wife read it and she's like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, he was like I, I don't know he's like I'm never doing this and like his publisher was like we need a fucking book and he's like mm, let's give him Pet Cemetery." and his wife's like what is wrong with you? And yeah, he says he doesn't remember half of that. He's like, he's like that. Mo he's like that is the most fucked up thing I've ever written. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy everyone. Yeah, good times. Sheesh. Yeah. Um, what do you? Bad what else times, you got MC? Yeah, bad times. Yeah. What, what do you got for us? Uh, I'm trying to think. Does um. I have one that kind of fits in the creepy old ladies one. And honestly, there's nothing to really expound on once I say the name. I don't know if I'm going to give it now, because I feel like you'll both laugh. Or if I'm going to save it till the end. Um, You're calm, man. Okay, well, keeping in line with uh, with uh, creepy old ladies uh, from things that are not necessarily horror-based, I remember, you know, being a young lad... You know, watching uh, TVs, watching TV shows after school or at my babysitter's house. And Lady Elaine from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood what? was the most frightening thing that I remember from my childhood. And it's part of the reason that I could not watch that show. Unexpected. Did not see this being the choice. We all have, I think we all have one from our, yeah. from our childhood. I was like, like nope. Shit that we just can't understand. Like, I was like, nope, 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 nope. Love, love Mr. Rogers. No. Except for her. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I can't. Yeah. Nah. Did you guys ever remember, uh, there was a show on MTV. It might Yeah, be. Lady Lane is pretty creepy looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Especially when like, when you're really, when you're really young and you're just not really sure. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Not I gotta look at her again because I, I have a picture in my head of what I think she looks like, but now I gotta see like lady the plastic, lady. the painted on expression. Nope. Fairy child. The the <laughs> I uh, guess it's yeah. supposed to be makeup. Yeah. But like the the <laughs> coloring on the cheeks and the nose. What, just, what is going on here? Like, it just looks it's just it looks so very off. That I was like, yeah, no. And and, no. and it's funny because you're not the only one that feels this because feels this way because it literally like the first meme I see it says it says I'm here to welcome you to sleepless nights. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just you, homie. Um, I can see that though. Yeah, like, stuff of nightmares. Is, you guys might not be old enough for this. Uh, it's the it's with there being a little bit of a age gap between us. It might have been before your time, but MTV used to have this show called Liquid Television. Oh yeah. And Liquid Television had this short that they did. It was a claymation uh, Sandman, but not like Neil Gaiman's Sandman. It was the Sandman, right? But honestly, in retrospect, watching that and then also having seen the whole Sandman series, there might be 
tied together. So basically what it is, is he's like this crow thing. He's the Sandman and he comes to visit the children. It's done by this Swedish artist, right? And he oh, just- Oh, wait, I think I know what you're talking about. I think steals, I know this. He steals children's eyes and then feeds them to his crow babies. That is some disturbing ass shit. I did not, this did not keep me up at night, but man, was my little brother freaked the fuck out by this. Like he couldn't sleep for weeks after this man. Like, and my mom was so pissed off at me cause I let him watch it. And I was like, what? It's MTV. Like, what do you want from me? Like, I didn't know this was gonna happen. Like he was gonna see it somewhere. Exactly. That kid was raised by the internet, man. Um, oh my God. Yeah, this is frightening. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Like right? he has a crescent moon face, but he also was kind of like a crow. Yeah. Yeah. Send me the link because I was looking for it the other day and I couldn't find it. And I was, it, it made me have that weird like Mandela effect thing where I was like, I remember this thing, but I can't find it. So maybe it didn't exist and I just invented it. And I was like, no, nah, other people have to remember this. Uh, Rambo, give me another one that, that is just disturbing and freaky to you. Um, well, breaking away from the movie stuff for a sec. Uh, the Necromorphs from Dead Space. Ooh, so that's a good one. The thing about Dead Space, well, I mean, so zombies. We've all been trained for years. Yeah. How do you kill a zombie, fellas? How head. do you kill a zombie? Shoot it in the fucking head. Yep. That's that. Done and done. How do you kill a vampire? Stake it through the heart, cut off its head, set it on fire. A couple ways. Yeah. How do you kill a werewolf? Shoot with a silver bullet. How do you kill a zombie? Destroy the brain. The thing about Dead Space, <laughs> which you learn very quickly in that game, is if you destroy the head of the shambling monstrosity in front of you, sometimes it grows more arms, or some sort of horrible tentacle shoots out of the head, or something along those lines. The creature in Dead, the kind of the overall creatures in, in Dead Space uh, are called necromorphs, and they build bodies from. Uh, uh, dead things um and the most efficient way to destroy them is you have to dismember them so it's not just a don't shoot them in the head which is already like the tiniest target on it so it was hard so that was already hard enough uh not to mention the fact that like you know years of of social uh, uh engineering via movies and and video games and shit but uh you now also have to take multiple shots, carefully aimed shots at these monsters that are coming at you. And they are not always coming coming slowly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the Necromorphs are also this, this cross between like a zombie and Carpenter's the thing. They are weird and misshapen and um, just, there are parts where parts shouldn't be um, and just super creepy and fucked up and they can vary in size and shape. Um, yeah, the necromorphs are really, really fucking creepy. Additionally, if anybody is an asshole and ever tells you that oh, it's just video games, they can't give you bad dreams. They've never played Dead Space. That shit is so fucking frightening mm -hmm. and unsettling. Um, another phobia that I've learned recently um, so Sandy wears contacts. I do not. And the reason why is because I don't want anybody touching my fucking eyes. Um, there's a scene in Dead Space. I want to say it's the second one where you have to do some sort of procedure to yourself. Like, and you have to put like something into your eye and it's this machine. And if you don't do it right, the thing just stabs you through the fucking face and kills you like right through your head. 
Yes, like, I do remember this. I, I I had to stop. I was like, I can't play this fucking game. Fuck it. Uh, I give up. I'm not playing it. This is gross. No. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, no thank you. <laughs> and like, okay, in Resident Evil, the monster's coming to kill you and you're freaked out, you don't have the right inventory, you can hit pause. And you can hide in the pause menu for a second while you gather your shit. Guess what you can't do in Dead Space? <laughs> you can't hide in the pause menu. Fuck you. Like, yeah, it's, it is. And like, it's not like slash slash you're dead um it, it it's it they're vicious to our main character mm -hmm. isaac they are brutal to our boy isaac like it is i i feel so bad for him like playing that game because i'm like I, isaac i have failed you so many times because you've just been, <laughs> you've been brutalized by these monsters buddy i'm so sorry like there's a really fantastic um interview with the i think the director of the game um where he talks about specifically i think it's in the first one there's that whole long sequence where like a tentacle grabs you and is like dragging you through uh like a, like a ship or a base or something yeah. and you have to like break it down bit by bit before it'll let go of you um and he talks about like the difficulty of building that and like how they had to really change like their approach and you know one of the things they wanted to do is like we're not going to do like cutscenes. we're going to have the game and the the cinematics all kind of be inter intertwined so you will have a perfectly smooth transition between the two which also means you'll never never quite be sure when you're safe um the answer is never the answer is in fact never uh, yeah, that good game. shit. <laughs> <laughs> in the best way possible, though. Like, yeah, like it, it would it would be like you'd be done, and you're just like you feel like exhausted. You're just like that was horrible and frightening. And give me a minute. I'm gonna go get a soda, and I'll come back and I'll play again. Cause like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really really good. Um, oh, I guess I'm up, aren't I? Um, while See? we're talking about like things that are dead but not really dead, um. And we were talking about zombies. I think it's the perfect uh, perfect time to talk about Star Trek's version of the zombie, and that would be the Borg. Yeah. Yep. The yeah. Borg are so unsettling on so many levels because, like, the thing that makes humanity so great that they, I mean, they talk about it in Star Trek is our individuality, you know, like our ability to, to think and, and come up with creative solutions and, and be our own individual person. And the Borg take that from you. And not like voluntarily by force, and like it's 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 fucking frightening. And like they're they're a unstoppable juggernaut. They're always coming, and they can't be stopped. And you can't reason with them. And like I remember watching this as a kid. I've had nightmares about the Borg too, like which is cool because at first I'm starting off. I'm like, oh, I'm on a, I'm in Starfleet Command. This is dope. I'm I'm on a starship, and then the four Borg show up. I'm like, fuck. Like, <laughs> couldn't have gotten like a research mission to like Jupiter or some shit. No, I thought you were them. running shit, huh? Nope. <laughs> no. And like, yeah, that it's just that's honestly, I thought they were scarier before they had a queen. Um, and they added the queen when they did uh, Star Trek First Contact. They yeah. added like a focal point, which is fine. I mean, it, I don't think it ruined it, but they were scarier when there was no way to reason with them. There was no person that you could talk to. There was no ego. There was no personality it was just like consume and that that's fucking scary yeah 
That shit is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like what's what's crazy is the the allegory that they tell about being Borg after you've become like there are they call them XBs in the in the Star Trek universe where they were Borgs but they've been reclaimed essentially they they've they've been taken out of the collective and like the way that they're treated just in the universe they're treated like dog shit man like because the the like for instance the most famous one is seven of nine and seven will say you know i'm not a borg anymore i've reclaimed my humanity i've learned a lot and they're just like fuck you your your people killed millions of of my people and they're and they can't differentiate the fact that like this individual was not under their own control it's kind of like the whole like bucky thing like where tony is like you killed my parents yeah but i was mind controlled man i couldn't stop myself like it's it's an interesting allegory in there, like the story they're trying to tell. Um, that like people who were Borg and have been reclaimed or un uh, assimilated, like trying to reclaim their humanity, but then people treating them like shit because of it. And it's funny because one of the most famous characters who has done this is somebody that is universally loved as a captain in Star Trek, and that's Benjamin Sisko. They yeah. fucking love Benjamin Sisko, and boy, did he fucking hate Jean Luc Picard because of something that wasn't even Picard's fault. What I what I really appreciate about that though is Cisco understands it's unreasonable. Yeah. He understands that like you weren't in control of yourself, you didn't make these decisions, but every time I look at you, I see the man who killed my wife. Yeah. Um, so it's really just like maybe we shouldn't talk anymore. Yeah. Maybe you should keep your distance. Yeah, which is, which is um, fair, you know? Like, it's... Yeah. But yeah, just zombies in general. Like, I, they don't really freak me out, but, like, that... Uh, the concept of the unstoppable onslaught, like, the the massive horde that you can't reason with, that you can't, like, escape from, is, is scary. And, like, I'd read... There was some story years ago that I'd read that was saying, like, when Republicans are in power, that vampire movies are more popular but when mm. democrats are in power zombie movies are more popular mm -hmm. and it has to do with the fact that republicans they they fear foreigners um and that's what zombies are or not zombies that's what vampires are is like foreigners trying to invade woo, and take over um whereas zombies it's it's capitalism it's the massive horde like just consuming all that's why the first dawn of the or uh the, yeah dawn of the dead was in um in a, in a mall mm -hmm. Yep. Like Romero was very purposeful in his imagery for that. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, you can track the popularity by by who's in office. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, it yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else we got here, guys? Because we we've, we've had a good list, man. This has been this has been solid. Like I'm not gonna sleep tonight. So fuck both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are, are we? Uh, I have two more. Are we doing? Are we doing? Should I just pick uh, one? Or oh, I've got know? like six. Yeah. So yeah, we need to do whatever. Yeah, we keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I was just asking. I don't know if you were pressured, like we were going to get out of here sooner or not. Nah, I think we just keep going. You know, right. like go as long as we need to. I get you. Okay, I only have two more, and then I'll uh, <laughs> be content to listen or not listen because I need to sleep tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. I guess thing like I could go three more, 
because I just I just I just thought of one. And I think Rambo will appreciate will appreciate it, but I'll, I'll say that for my next turn. Um, um, so I'm gonna this one right that I have right here is technically two, but they're connected, so I'm gonna make them one thing. Um, and that is Professor Hojo slash Specimen Five Twelve uh, from Final Fantasy Seven. No, most no, most notably the remake, because Specimen Five Twelve. If you Google it, looks like the love child between Cthulhu and Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean, oh. but like, but like uglier, like times a thousand. Um, but really, like, where I mean, the creepiness for for Five Twelve is literally just looking at that monstrosity of a of a thing. But uh, I mentioned Professor Hojo here. Because Professor Hojo uh, in the game is kind of like your kind of like your your usual like evil scientist archetype, but like turned up to like a thousand. Um, and like they're just they're just the the moments you spend with him when he's like when he's captured Aerith and he is explaining to her like what his plans for her are, uh, basically wanting to breed her with Red Thirteen, who is like the dog, <laughs> the dog from Final Fantasy Seven. I love that dog. Yeah, I love yeah yeah love, love Red Thirteen. Wish he was playable. Which, uh, get on that Square Enix. Um, <laughs> um, but then also explaining stuff like, um, like his plans for Aerith are like to to breed her with with different soldiers and with Red Thirteen to further the bloodline of the ancients and like ensure that that gets to keep that gets to keep going and it's just very fucking weird and just it's 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 very unsettling because it's like how can someone be so like i love science we all do here but this is like like love or obsession with science like turned up to the nth degree with all the worst with all the worst parts of it just being on full display but he doesn't even refer to people as people they're just test subjects and the only person he ever calls by name from memory i believe is sephiroth but aside from that it's just it's very it's very just unsettling to kind of sit through and watch was he this is a new addition from... No, he was he was in the original game also, but you no, know, I'm talking about that specimen thing. I don't remember. The that. specimen was in the original game also. Was it really? Yeah. Has it been that long since I played it? Fuck. It was a long time. It was a long yeah. fucking game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four di three discs. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Which, that. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that stuff. These times with effort and nostalgia, and remember, like, hey, remember when games used to have multiple discs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't get to play it all in one. Cosmo, get down, please. Shit, we didn't get to do Nostalgia November last year or the year before because we were all like, fucking pandemic. Ooh, who knows <laughs> what the hell's going on? Um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, no, that is creepy, dude. I yeah. agree. Like the whole like experimentation with with the yeah, just creating creatures like that brings up a uh, a good one for me that we can talk about. Um, but uh, so that reminded me that I had another one on my list. Rambo, uh, what about you, man? Like. Did y'all ever see Annihilation? Annihilation? Which one was that? Annihilation. Uh, it's 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 billed really more as a sci-fi movie with uh, Natalie Portman and. Um, Is that that fucking bubble thing? Like, yeah, walk into the bubble. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't I seen it. Vaguely really. remember this. Yeah. It's very much worth your time. It was it was a movie that when I when it came out, uh, the ending is is an ending that kind of requires the audience think about it for a second. Um, and what and it came out when I was still working at the theater. And one of the tip jars I put out at the cafe was, uh, for one dollar, I will explain the ending of Annihilation to you. <laughs> um, and I made a couple bucks off of that. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, so the, the 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 kind of the crux of the movie is you know an an alien something kind of crash lands and it starts forming this uh, sort of bubble around it uh, where it's essentially trying to figure out what life is what consciousness is what is happening on the thing that it just landed on so it's it's like okay well is it is it part of the dna is it um is it higher life forms is it lower life forms is it more complex is it less complex and the way it's doing that is it's just like all right imagine someone has uh seen an image of a cake but they've never actually had one and they don't know what it's made of and they're presented with a professional baker's kitchen so they have all the ingredients you could ever possibly need, but they don't necessarily know how they come together, what proportions of things you need, what various combinations to make certain flavors and uh, uh, certain textures. So it's just a series of experiments done again and again and again, crossbreeding and splicing and changing the DNA of all these different things. Uh, uh, sorry, I kicked back over to proper annihilation there. Um, so part of it, like you'll, you'll get things like, um, flowers that are, uh, you know, maybe like more carnivorous, uh, than typical plants. Um, they're not all monsters. Like some of it's like, uh, leaves that are colors you don't normally see, things like that. But then you get into things like, um, I didn't realize it had a name. It's called Homerton. Uh, Homerton is, well, it, it, it's mostly a bear. It's mostly a big, like, grizzly bear um, that more than likely, uh, when this creature crash landed, it was just, you know, a bear had died. Um, and so it doesn't have flesh on its face, so it's the exposed skull of a bear. Um, but other people have also died in this area. So on the side of its body, there's a human skull that has a human voice that will kind of scream. Um, it's this giant hodgepodge, uh, um, like kit bashed uh, 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 creature that is mostly a bear, partially a human. Uh, there's like elements of plants in it. And all these things, because this again, this alien is trying to figure out like what things are on Earth, um, and it is hands down the most disturbing and scariest moment in Annihilation. Um, if you ask anyone who has seen that movie about the bear, they will know exactly what you're talking about immediately. Um, it is super fucked up and really, really messed up and disturbing. Um, oh, wait, no, that's right. That's right. Sorry. Sorry. The human skull is not on the side of its body. It is on the side of its face. So the bear skull has an eye, and then the human skull is like 
kind of just off to the side and they share the eye. And so the human skull also has like an empty cavity. Um, it's super fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. It's super duper fucked up. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Yay, let's watch it. Yeah. Um, that reminds me, there was a, um, there was a really shitty movie that came out in the 90s and I want to say Mira Sorvino was in it and it was called Mimic. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. 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 Oh, also, I, I dropped an image of Homerton into the uh, into the chat. Oh, great. Let's go look at that. <laughs> oh, that's... <sighs> I gotta sleep tonight, man. <laughs> <laughs> and that is like the least disturbing version of the of that creature. Oh, yeah. that's delightful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing these pictures, by the way. Like guys. the droopy eye. That's also, yeah. That yeah. Oh, I forgot Tessa Thompson was in that movie. I gotta watch the movie again. I gotta just watch it. Yeah. it Oscar like Isaac's in it too, right? Oscar Isaac's in it. Uh, yeah, yeah, Natalie Portman, Oscar Isaac. Um, uh, it's Gina Rodriguez. Um, yeah, it's got a great cast. Um, and and mostly it's it's a mostly woman fronted uh, sci fi horror movie. I'm looking up Mimic right now, like, because I remember it not being good, but now I'm trying to remember. Oh, it's directed by Guillermo del Toro. He, directed by Guillermo del Toro. It's it's one of his that. earlier movies, uh, certainly one of his earlier English language movies. And it is uh, one of those results of, like, a lot of studio interference. So, yeah. Yeah. It has some really terrible sequels. Like, in, in New York City, cockroaches are spreading the deadly Strickler's disease that is claiming hundreds of the city's children due to an inability to develop a cure or vaccine for the disease. Dr. Peter Mann, uh, deputy director of the CDC, recruits entomologist Dr. Susan Tyler. In response, Dr. Tyler uses genetic engineering to create what she calls the Judas breed, a hybrid between a mantis and a termite that releases an enzyme which accelerates the roach's metabolism with the effect that the roaches burn calories faster than they can nourish themselves and thus starve to death. The roaches carrying the disease are successfully eradicated, and Peter and Susan later marry. Three years later, a priest is chased and dragged underground by a strange assailant. The only witness is a boy on the... Wow, here, dated. Uh, a boy on the autism spectrum with a habit of imitating noises. Who refers to the attacker as Mr. Funny Shoes to his disbelieving guardian, an immigrant subway shoe shiner named Manny. Later, the two kids sell a weird bug from the subway to Susan, which she performs tests on and realizes is similar to the Judas breed. Like, if I remember correctly, like, they, yeah, the, the mimic things, like, end up, like, evolving and, like, breeding with other things, and they're, like, as big as humans, and they just start eating people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so from a distance, they have, like, this sort of uh, uh, shell they can close, and they look like a person, and that's how they're able to get close to people, and then they open up, and it's, and it's a like, a giant fucking cockroach that is also, like, a praying mantis that is the size of a human being. Good times. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Fun yeah. stuff. Del Toro was not granted final cut privilege and he did not approve of the film as released. In 2010, Del Toro re revealed that he had been working on a director's cut of, the, of Mimic and said, it is not exactly the movie I wanted to do, but it's definitely healed a lot of wounds. I'm happy with the cut. The director's cut runs for 112 minutes, six minutes longer than the theatrical release. It was released in 2011, initially ex uh, exclusive to Blu-ray and is now available on digital, various digital services, but has never been hey. available on DVD. Nice. There you I go. Will so have we to can pick watch. that up. There you go. Watch the director's cut. Um, I'm trying to think of other. Oh yeah. Um, the whole concept of screwing with genetics and screwing with like like 
anything living to try to make weapons or try to make like things stronger is the crux of the alien series and like mm-hmm. the fact that like there's this awful monster that hatches eggs that face rape you and then impregnates you with its thing and then it's going to murder you in order for it to live that's its life cycle it's fucking frightening and then to think that there and like it's a perfect like distillation of like what's wrong with our goddamn world where capitalism is like wait 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 but what if we could make money off of it huh you guys cool with that all right let's do it fuck this would be great like that those movies are so the first one especially is just like straight horror the second one is like action horror and then like what's funny about it is it was it was an 80s movie and like most kids who watched it in the 80s and 90s just thought it was like you know cool movie we're just shooting bugs and shit not realizing it's a parable for the vietnam war um and like realizing that as an adult i was like wow that's fucking crazy fighting an unwinnable war that's (laughs) interesting okay but yeah that's always unsettled me those those things again it's it's that unstoppable onslaught because it's never just one Mm -hmm. there's like because one turns into three and then three turn into 20 and then 20 turn into 100 and then like your whole space station is being overrun by them and it's just you and um michael bean having to fight them off and (laughs) that's just not enough man came over man (laughs) well i think it's it's it is uh to some degree um up there with like zombies in that like every one of your party that you lose they gain a soldier like whenever somebody if they manage to take somebody out they also gain someone who fights for them so it's it's not just um it's not just that you know they're they're uh gonna kill you or 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 overtake you if they're going to use to some degree parts of your family your friends people you know and care about to uh uh, to destroy you as well yeah it's man um always always scary like yeah aliens and like the funny thing is is like as the movies go on and progress there i feel like they get less scary but like that first one is just like straight up horror um did either of you guys ever see any of the prometheus stuff like where we find out like the origin of these things yeah uh, i didn't watch it they, it didn't seem like it was going to be that good so i didn't, I didn't you bother you are not wrong <laughs> <laughs> i remember trying to watch it and not being able to stay awake it's is it an execution thing or is the is is it like everything together like is the story at least like kind of interesting or like the idea of where they came from interesting the problem with prometheus is ridley scott um <laughs> so it's it's funny that that mike said you know there's never just one because that ties directly into this issue which is, as far as Ridley Scott is concerned, Alien is Alien, singular, one. Uh, the the, the okay. xenomorph, as we as we've kind of just labeled it over time, there's just one creature. All of the real, like all of the mythology behind it, like the the queen and the the sort of insect insect like nature of them, and the fact that they can take on the characteristics of creatures that. Uh, that they impregnate. Um, all of that came in Aliens and Alien 3. 
Um, but as far as Sky is concerned, he's like, no, no, there's one. There's one creature. So Prometheus is built on that same kind of idea that you're... So if you watch it, having watched the other Alien movies after the initial one, you're like, well, this doesn't fit in the mythology. And you have to go into it knowing that Ridley Scott does not give a fuck about the movies that he didn't make. Um, if you can do that, it definitely plays better, but it's still... It ends up being this sort of like reimagining of that whole franchise from a whole different perspective. Huh. Yeah. It's and and it, and it just and also just kind of like it, it gets very like you know kind of navel gazing in places and um and like weirdly philosophical and just yeah because like the first scene of the movie has one of these things called the arch or the architects or engineers I think it was the engineers. The engineers are like these big, tall, like, and not white as in like, um, like Ben Shapiro is white, but like, um, white as in like, like the color, like they're like eight, eight and a half feet tall, like chalky. And it shows up to like primordial earth and like hits some buttons on its skin. And then like its DNA just comes out of its arm and drops into the ocean. Like basically saying, hey, fuckers, you're all like Earth's life was created by this thing, this this thing that came to life or came to Earth like millions of years ago, which is fine. Like fucking whatever. Cool. Like, but then if I remember correctly, wasn't there an implication that Jesus was an engineer? There's a lot of weird implications like, in those movies, <laughs> like yeah. not so much in Covenant, but definitely in Prometheus and Covenant picks up where Prometheus left off, but but ends up being more of Wait, a Prometheus had a sequel. Uh, effectively, yeah. Um, uh -huh. I, no, not effectively, like like literally, yeah. Because there's definitely like similar the same characters in places. Um, okay. So, like the yeah, the last Alien movie was Alien Covenant, and it is well, one, it's the first reappearance of the Xenomorph as we know it in a movie directed by Scott. Um, but it's also. Um, Again, still on that like that line of like this is separate from the other alien movies, barring the first one. Because um, yeah, there's this whole thing about like um, the evo like evolution plays a really big role in the storytelling for those movies. Because um, initially it's a spore, and then the spore leads to an infection and the infection leads to the creature that, that grows in people and then like sometimes that can lead to an egg and um so like the 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 alien monster creature literally like would change its forms over the course of the movie multiple times uh and not like in the in the way that we've seen it where it's like a pupil version and then it's like a, lar a larval version and then a pupil version and then an adult version um it like drastically changes shape and size and things um so yeah it's 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 really confusing if you're trying to like fit it in the lore overall because it just doesn't fit yeah um and not even like a like a, oh well if you made like, a little change here that no, no no you have to make drastic changes to the way it functions so yeah it's and, and again they're not even that good so it's not even <laughs> it's not even worth the the like you know like the no prize energy you would get from uh trying to make sense of it because they're just a fucking mess that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, you know. You still got Alien, you know. 
We still got <laughs> Gladiator. We still got, you know, Blade Runner, if you like a boring sci-fi noir movie. Yeah, thank um, you. Fucking thank you. <laughs> Everybody loves that goddamn movie. And I am just like... like it's gorgeous. When does it get exciting? It's beautiful. There's no disputing that. But fucking hell, am I bored. All the I, scenes with Rucker Hauer, phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. But I'm not going to sit here and... Um, be particularly interested in is he or is he not a robot rapist harrison ford um yeah i'm i i, I don't care I don't care huh. yeah i'm over that's it. interesting what what is that what is blade runner even about you... blade runner is a story about um there are these uh, uh these robots basically they're called replicants and they look like human beings they function a very much like human beings um but they have a, a fairly short shelf life of about five years and, and crazy yeah for the most part they're just supposed to like be created do their jobs and then they die but a couple of them have been you know and, and it's it's the matrix it's it's terminator it's all those things where they're like well oh i suppose the terminator like it's more a little more matrix and it's like well we just want to live like let, let, let's just let's let us function over here and live our lives for as long as, as we can. Um, and that is seen as dangerous. It's like, no, you're property. You're supposed to do what you're told, and that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a whole slavery, slavery allegory in there. V- very, very clear. Like, and Rucker Hauer, uh, his, he's one of the, uh, he plays a guy named Roy Batty, and Roy is um, arguably kind of a revolutionary, and he's like putting together like a group of replicants, and uh, or at least like, you know, there are other repl- replicants that have kind of like, fallen in behind him. Um, so Harrison Ford's character is um, ostensibly like a former cop who's now retired, who is brought out of retirement to go and hunt these other replicants. Um, okay. uh, which like on the surface, it's really interesting, but that movie is, it takes so fucking long to yeah. say what it's trying to say. To and do anything really, everything takes forever. It's it's gorgeous. Again, do not get me wrong. It is a beautiful movie, um, but I just I don't give a fuck. Yeah, because and wasn't there? Did they get a, a new one recently? Twenty forty. Twenty forty nine. Yeah, which also like kind of undercuts the like is it or is it not thing at the end of the first one, because um, mm. the replicants can only live for so long. Because the, the, the core theme, well, we're not core theme, but like one of the themes of the movie uh, is, well, is uh, Rick Deckard, uh, Harrison Ford's character, is he actually a replicant himself? Like, okay. does he actually have implanted memories? And does he think that he's had this whole life? Or um, is he a human being? Uh, and one of the, one of again, like all the separate pieces of this movie are really interesting and really engaging and cool. But... Um, one of the, the things that they they do in the in the story overall is Decker is very cold. He's very distant. He's he's very lacking in emotion, and all of the replicants are the more human ones. They're the ones who seem to feel feelings and like react like human beings. Yeah. Um, and so then it's also like you know who's the real you know who's the real robot here and. That yeah. kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. worth watching. It is absolutely okay. worth watching at least once. Yeah. Um, 
But then it becomes like, well, which version do you want? Because there's like seven cuts of it. Oh, yeah. And, and like, <laughs> well, this cut's the good one, but this yeah, one's it's, not. And it's like, oh. Wait, it's, 2049 or the first one? No, the first one. Uh, for, is there a reason there are that many versions? So there, there was a, there was the initial version uh, that really Scott cut, and the uh, studio was like, "This doesn't make any fucking sense. No one's going to pay attention to what's happening." And so they made him put in, which another controversial opinion on my part, I think it's better because of this. They made him put in this voiceover. Oh, the narration. Where, oh, yeah. yeah. No, the narration definitely makes it better. Where Deckard is like kind of going through and walking you through what's happening here and there. It also gives it like a film noir feel. And it, it. it really adds to the film noir feel of it, yeah. which, again, that's clearly what the movie is supposed to be. It's supposed to be this like future sci fi noir thing, but like, oh, but there's the voiceover. Yeah. Like in most noir films, like that's not uncommon. Um, or not even most, but like a lot. Um, so then you have now you have the the original kind of director's cut and you have the second cut, and then I think I think totally there's like five of them. Okay. Uh, but then like you know twenty some odd years went by and like some footage got recovered for an anniversary and so they went through and they recut that, but that was even missing and I think they got like even more footage and then it became like the final cut of Blade Runner. It, it just I, I can't remember if it's Warner Brothers or not. Or, I think it's Fox. Um, the studio realized that they could just keep making money off of different versions of this fucking movie. Yep. And yeah. so, like, you, at one point, you could buy a version of the Blu ray that had every cut of the movie, <laughs> um, which is just fucking obnoxious. Um, <laughs> I, I, I still haven't made the time to watch uh, 2049. I really want to. I just haven't done it yet. Um, but, uh, it's by all by all accounts, it's really good. So I'm I'm really curious to watch it. And uh, Denis Villeneuve did it. So um, yeah. And so that's also really exciting. That reminds me, I need to watch um, fucking Dune again. I'm like, God, that movie's fucking cool, man. Oh, it's so good. Um, we went way off. We uh, did <laughs> way off topic. Yeah, I don't even remember. The Sorry, fuck it's my fault. It's, well, it's my fault for asking questions because I was I was all good. Mostly curious about you know that stuff. Hey, you know what though, man? You're the only person that people online defend. Don't talk enough, MC. Which so. honestly, <laughs> I don't disagree, man. Like I always want to yeah. hear more more from you. I do too. Um, and I'm, you know, clearly, if, if you don't have something you want to say, then then don't yeah. don't force it. Yeah, that's but, that's, uh, just, that's generally just how I how I've, how I've been operating. But I have more. There will be more. It's one of the yeah, things I always feel like with with you. It's one of those situations where, like, once we find the thing that is your thing, you then it's like, for instance, well, yeah, Sonic, yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog, and then it's just like, well, yeah. there yes. it goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can definitely drop a quarter in, in Mr. Wells West and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and get your money's worth for sure. Yeah, for sure. well, actually, shit, actually, that actually just added, added one more thing to my list that just reminded me of something. Is there a fucked up Sonic feature? <laughs> uh inner jack yes and there's there's one image in particular i mean to be to be to be honest there are multiple moments from the ken penders run that are uh that are that like there's a the controversial echidna holocaust which is <laughs> yeah, yes it is it is it is exactly it is exactly as it sounds and they even re on, i have to find it they even he even reworked um what is the like this famous quote uh, about the Holocaust? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, so uh, 
from that from that arc or run i don't remember i don't even remember which comic run it was it was from but um they reworked this during uh robotropolis 3228 during dr robotics takeover through robotization the swabots came for the foxes that did not speak up because i was not a fox and they came for the rabbits. I didn't speak up because I'm not a rabbit. Then they came for the squirrels, but I didn't speak up because I'm a squirrel. The <laughs> then they came for the then they came for the hedgehogs, and I didn't speak up because I was an echidna. Then they came for me, and by that time, nobody was left to speak up. Like they adopted that into that comic. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's both disrespectful, but also like, God damn. Like, yeah, that's, that's a it's bold very, move. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, Ken Penders is a very controversial writer just because he did some really cool ideas and then also did like that um that's a wild spicy, that's a spicy choice right there um yeah yeah but um i'll go ahead mike if you're it's your turn i can i can wait you're fine you're fine dude like it's oh yeah there's this whole thing like i'm looking at the the image of like dimitri yeah who's like energetic after the fact like when shit really went sideways yeah so there's this, uh, so there's, um, I don't know, it's one of the Sonic Universe ones where Silver goes back in time, but there's this one panel where Interjack literally is taking over everything, and there's this one, you, in the background are all the corpses. Oh, yeah, from you all us of, that one before. Yeah, all the yeah. corpses from all the heroes and villains yeah. who that, that he's hung up as trophies yeah. in, 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 the, in, the, in his dark future. I'm just like, it's, it's fucking dark. <laughs> yeah, there's... <laughs> to say the least the the whole idea and because like we saw it in um suicide squad with starro and then we also saw it subsequently in um peacemaker with the butterflies mm -hmm. the whole idea of like somebody being of something being able to hijack you and take you over is just always been like unsettling to me and like that's yeah like in with science too when they start to, like there was an episode of the orville from this past season where they run into this alien ship and like the spore like shoots out and it basically like hijacks your dna and takes you over and that's how that particular species breeds is like that is by taking over other pe uh, other things bodies and like this is not like an alien thing this happens in fucking nature too there's yeah. like a wasp that does this to ants and like it's Ugh. The the Last of Us. I was just video you, yeah, I was you just said yeah. it before I could yeah <laughs> yeah like that's that's scary as shit like that ooh man like and and especially with like what we see like and it's it's smart of the writers to do this with what we're seeing in society as we see friends and relatives um, who will watch a watch Fox News and be brainwashed by that shit. And like you try to talk to them and you can't because they're so convinced that everything is a conspiracy and that you're just a left a leftist communist and you're a socialist and like all this other horse shit. Like it's just, it, it's, I think that's what makes it scary is that there's a certain amount of truth to it. There's a certain amount of, well, fuck, this could happen. Yeah. So. I'll, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rapid fire go through some of these. Okay. All right. So Samara in the ring. Uh, creepy ass little girl. A little, little moist bitch needs to stay the fuck away from me. Um, yeah. 
Orphan in particular. I love. I love. I love that. Like they try to solve. I love that movie in the sense that like they try to solve it. They're like, "Here's tomorrow. We fixed everything. It's gonna be okay. You'll be a happy ghost." That's such a great fucking moment. Yes. (laughs) That is such a great moment because because you're right. They they do the standard like you know like oh we just need to save the the you know or 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 or, you know like a proper burial to this creature and like she tells her son and her son's like you helped her you weren't supposed to help her. And then you think back on like the previous video you saw of the interview with Samara, where it's like, you know, why why are you hurting people? And she's like, because I want to, like I like to do it. And you're like, you're <laughs> fucked up, kid. Um, and that's of course after, and that right after is where you get the uh, the first the, the the one time you see Samara come out of the television, and like that's how she kills her victims. Um, so yeah, Samara from the ring, she can fuck off. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is not a horror movie, but this p- very much plays into like creepy witch monster shit. Meg Mucklebones from Legend. Do either of you know what I'm talking about? No, I haven't seen. You know, and honestly, the one that I thought you were going to bring up. Uh, well, actually, you might still. Um, I've never seen Legend. That's the one with yeah. Tom Cruise and um, fucking Tim Curry is the devil, and he's got like those mm-hmm. giant horns. Yeah, I got yep. Yeah. So, uh, legend is a straight up, you know, it's a, it's a, a, a fantasy story. Um, and you know, a, a tiny baby face, Tom Cruise is running around, uh, trying to defeat, uh, the Lord of darkness, i.e. Tim Curry. Um, and there's this one time, one, uh, point where he's traveling through this. Oh my God. Sc- yeah. <laughs> this scary swamp. <laughs> And it's it's nighttime, and uh, he runs. Uh, he, he he knows something's following him, um, oh, and he gets to a point where, uh, you know, Miss Meg pops up, and Meg is a swamp witch, and she confronts him, and and uh, uh, Mr. Cruz needs to be quick on his feet. Um, I clearly MC's looked it up. Mike, have you yeah. looked it up? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would advise to look it up tomorrow if you're going to sleep tonight. Yeah. So, no, I'll, I'll we'll talk about that after you're done. But like that, yeah, okay. Go particularly ahead. interesting thing about Meg Mucklebones, uh, one obviously it's the '80s. This is, she's all a practical effect. That's all. That's a person makeup. But the thing that I find most interesting, that's not a woman in makeup. That's a man, and it's oh. an actor that Mike, you definitely know. Robert Picardo plays Meg Mucklebones. No shit. The fucking, <laughs> the fucking doctor, doctor the fucking from doctor. Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite moments in, in the in the interaction between Meg and, and uh I can't remember Bruce's character's name. Um is uh <laughs> is he's trying to like play it cool and like, oh well, maybe I can kinda like talk my way out of this. And she just keeps talking about how, like, you know, what a fine morsel he is, and all this shit. And he says, "You why? Why you don't plan to eat me? Do you, miss?" And she's, "Oh, indeed, I do." And she's just so excited, <laughs> <laughs> and she's just having a great time. Like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna fucking eat you, kid." Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, Meg Mucklebones. Like, honestly, that kind of imagery, like, that's your Green Goblin. That is the the way that like that kind of creature should look. Um, and yeah, absolutely fucking terrifying. Uh, Jack, that's his name. Yeah. What a fine fat boy you are, Jack. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so yeah, Meg Muggle Bond's super fucked up. Um, the one that that before I started really thinking about uh, uh, monsters outside of movies, uh, boy, boy from Little Monsters. That's that's the one I was like, I know Rambo's gonna nail this one. <sighs> Fucking boy from Little Monsters, man. He has the most human motivation. Uh, real quick, boy is um, he's he's a kid that got stuck in the monster world uh, in, in Little Monsters, and he's been there for years. You can see he's wearing like an old schoolboy uniform, so he's probably been there for like between 50 and 100 years. Um, and he's kind of become like the new king of the monsters. Um, so all boy wants is a friend. He wants another human being down there to stay with him and be his friend. Um, and the way they they set up Boy, like, one, he's played by Frank Whaley, who is an adult. He's a grown man. But Frank Whaley has, has always had kind of a baby face. So he's probably in his, like, early 20s when he's playing the character. Um, so already you're like, something's off. Like, that's not a kid. That's not a little boy. Um, but there's this moment where he's talking to... Um, Fred Savage and, and Maurice's uh, uh, and, and Howie Mandel's characters um, and he's just kind of laying out like you know how things work and what he's going to do and he's like you know uh, if you if you and your friends want if you want your friends to be able to get out of here you'll you'll stay here with me and be my pal and as he's talking the camera slowly swings around and we're seeing his face and it slowly goes around the back of his head and you can see that like the back of his skull is missing and it's just exposed viscera and brain um, because he's been down there long enough that like all of the weird, you know, magic and whatever the fuck that's there has completely uh, changed him into something else. Um, and then later on, like somebody attacks him or something and his face gets ripped off and you see he has a monster face underneath it um, because this is the kind of thing that's going to happen. If you stay there long enough, you become a monster too. That shit is fucked up. And the fact that Boy is, he has such a human motivation in that he just wants, like, you cannot, there's no reasoning with that. There's no way around, like, you know, you're not going to talk your way out of that. Like, he's lonely and he'd rather have you be there and be upset than not be there at all. And that is fucking disturbing. Um, uh, the other mother, the other mother from Coraline is... Um, yes fucking creepy um it's funny uh Coraline is a story that when Gaiman said he he would he would uh uh or no he wouldn't even explain it when, when he would talk to kids who had read it they would think it was this fun story uh that was like you know kind of spooky and he'd talk to adults and they're like that is fucked up man um yes <laughs> and so like the way that human beings present in uh, uh, I can't remember the, the term, but in, in the other world is they don't have human eyes. They have buttons for eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, like a doll. They're like, yeah, but human beings shouldn't have buttons where their eyes are. That's fucking creepy. Um, the Beldum? Is that... No, that's, that's, not, that's not what they're called. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't um, remember. But, uh, but yeah, the, the other mother is really disturbing. And then you get like the weird, like, spider aspect of her later on um which is also just fucking disturbing um but yeah two more uh brundle fly from the fly 
uh, Seth Brundle slowly transforming oh. Mike's face. Oh. <laughs> We're on video in Mike's face. Oh, no. uh. oh, that just turns my stomach. That doesn't even like scare me. That's just like, it's I've only watched that movie like once or twice because it's fucking gross. Proper oh. body horror. David oh. Cronenberg setting a, a fucking standard. Because oh. um, yeah, yeah and it's, oh, thank you. it's just, a, it's an experiment gone wrong. It's a total fucking accident. And um, uh, for either for 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 anybody who's played the original Resident Evil, one of my favorite little kind of side pieces, side pieces, so like 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 uh, 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 kind of tertiary elements to it is there is a diary you find in one of the rooms, and it is the diary of one of the scientists that worked in the the lab at the mansion, and they've been bitten, and so they're documenting what's going on to them and how they feel and how they're reacting and slowly but surely the you know the 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 language breaks up and it's not as as clear anymore and like the grammar gets worse and worse um and eventually it's just like kind of scribbles on paper um and and seth brundle's doing the same thing he's a scientist and he's gonna he's gonna document all the things that are happening to him um and uh uh mike i don't know if you remember this but like there's a scene where uh, it's it's well into his transformation where Seth is talking to his girlfriend played by Gina Davis um, and his ear falls off. Gina Davis didn't know that was going to happen. Uh, <laughs> she didn't know that that was a fake ear. So when it fell off, her reaction is real. <laughs> her, her like, oh, God. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, like eventually turning into like a full on proper fucking monster. Um, yeah, that shit is fucked up. And then the, the last one I got is uh, Shelob from Lord of the Rings. Just a big fucking spider. <laughs> like <laughs> nothing too complicated nothing too uh, uh you know no, no need to gild the lily just hey what if a creepy ass spider was also like 80 feet tall here you go um yeah that's what i got what do you about you guys you got any more uh, uh stuff you want to run through I had forgotten about the fly. I had taken that movie <laughs> <laughs> way over here. And then Rambo was like, hey, remember some childhood trauma? Guess what, fucker? Here you go. Um, yeah, MC, if you haven't seen the fly and you have any interest in a really, really good body horror movie. Don't eat first. It is high up on the list. Yeah, no, I, I would not. Or, or or don't eat. Certainly don't eat during. Um, the 1980s. It is. Oh, it's like there's a there's a yeah 58 want... film and an 86 film the 58 guessing one is goofy and stupid the 58 one is very goofy yeah help me help me you yeah. want <laughs> yes because because what happens with that is the the so it's 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 a, it's a teleporter and the 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 scientist played by Vincent Price is um uh, uh he's going through the teleporter and a fly gets inside of it and in the original movie the head of the fly gets put on the human body and the head of the human gets put on the fly body. Um, and it's very silly. It's very silly. <laughs> um, and in the 86 one, they just start to combine. Uh, fly gets in the teleporter and the computer says like, okay, well, this is the DNA inside the machine, but we have to approximate and combine it. So it's two separate entities on the one side. And then when it gets to the, uh, into the other pod, they've been combined. And over the course of the movie, it tries to write itself. 
Uh, hmm. And yeah, he just turns into like more and more of a really fucked up monster over the yeah, course of this movie. It's fucking gross. It's it's like what if a what if a werewolf transformation took like an hour and a half? <laughs> yeah. It's like days in movie time, not real. It's time. like days. It's fucking ugh. oh, easily fucking, maybe weeks. Ugh. God, that shit was gross. Oh man. Ugh. And at first, it's just like, yo, this is great. I feel stronger and healthier and and more alive than I have in years. And and then slowly but surely, like it it doesn't start to just just affect his, his him physically, but like the way he acts and reacts to things. Um. There's this whole great, uh, uh, he has this, this great monologue about um, insect politics. Uh, he asks, asks, asks his, his girlfriend about insect politics and, he's, and she's just like, no, I've never, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means. And he's like, insects don't have politics. It's all, it's, it's all brutality. There's no, there's no uh, uh, um, discussion with them. It's, it's just pure instinct um, and reaction. Um, yeah, he, he, she she tells basically tells him to fuck off at a certain point because he's, he's just being kind of a dick, and he goes and like goes to like a diner or something and um, or maybe a bar uh, and is like flirting with some woman and some guy starts getting in his face and um, I can't remember exactly how it comes up but they like he challenges him to like uh, like an arm wrestling contest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're arm wrestling and Seth has gotten much stronger than he was before and he just snaps the dude's fucking arm. Uh, like compound yeah, fracture on the forearm. It's, <laughs> it's real bad. Yeah, it's fucked up. And that is not even the beginning of the most disturbing <laughs> visual in that movie. <laughs> Man, just, just, ugh, God, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Um, I'm trying to remember, like, oh, you know what really freaked me the fuck out when I was a kid? Did you ever see the Roald Dahl movie, Witches? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so no. like I don't know what it was about that movie, but like, like it's I mean, all about these witches, and they like turn <laughs> these kids into like mice and shit, right? And they take off their wigs, and they're all bald. And they have these like long, spindly noses, and they're scratching their bald heads, and it just fucking freaked me out, man. I was like, what's he called again? The witches. Yeah. They uh, Netflix recently redid it with uh, Anne Hathaway in the lead. Yeah. Just, that, that freaked me out when I was a kid. I'm trying to think of some, some of the other ones, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of creepy old ladies, man, and, and fucking Stephen King again. So, <laughs> MC, I dropped the, uh, the, the the image of the Grand High Witch in the in the chat. Well done. Well done. Thank you for all of these, all this childhood trauma I get to relive. James Rambo, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, watch The Shining. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it goes from, like, Angelica Houston to that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah fine, just fine yeah. ass Morticia Adams into that. Yep. Yeah. Nope. 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 So, um, The Shining, Danny decides that he wants to go to room 237 to see what's in room 237. And then he comes back and he's got bruises on his neck and his mom is like, what happened to Danny? Jack, did you do this? Jack's like, I didn't do it. Let me go check it out. And he goes into room 237 and there's this beautiful naked woman that's in the bathtub and comes out and caresses Jack and starts starts kissing him. And he's like, hey, all right, <laughs> this is all right. And then he looks in the mirror and sees that she has giant chunks of her flesh 
that are missing and are rotting off of her. And he looks at her as he's kissing her and he sees that she's an old dead woman and is decomposing and she starts laughing at him. And it is one of the most horrifying scenes in that movie. Like just, ooh, man. And like the old lady pops up a couple times later in, um, in Dr. Sleep in the book, like in the movie, they talk about her like briefly, right? But like in the book, she's a like a real character. And if you've read the book too, same thing. She's a much more um, f fleshed out for lack of a better term um, character. And you, you find out more about this character, but that scene is fucking disturbing. Yeah, I bet you just fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah my God. Definitely is. I'm trying to think of any of the other ones that I have. Um, I have one more. Oh, good. No, you're you're good, man. Because I really don't have any others that really like jump out that like, um, that really, 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 really scared me. I do remember like watching the um, the thriller music video as a kid, and the part when Michael Michael Jackson turns to the camera and he's yeah. got the werewolf eyes. That scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And just just Vincent Price's like monologue, like that dude, just yeah, that dude has had just the best horror voice ever. What's your last one you got? And then we'll wrap up. Okay. Uh, the last one I have is actually a recent one because it just happened this year. Um, I probably have to provide a little bit of context. Okay, I downloaded it. But it's um, the head demon. I'm trying to think of how you say Gyotaro. Gyotaro. We'll go with that. Gyotaro. We'll go with that. Um, from Demon Slayer, who is not you're is not in, is not introduced initially as the main the main one but ultimately is revealed to be the the like the big bad guy or the big evil demon for the uh the entertainment arc that happened earlier this year and just like if you can imagine a creaking door personified that is this character the way he talks is so slow and just jittery and regardless of which language you listen to it in like it just it's it sounds so it's, it's it just sounds like 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 a creaking door at the end of of an empty like ghost field hallway or some shit like and then on top of that when you get introduced to him initially you realize that he how, like he has a whole thing with like self-mutilation where like if he sees you and he gets jealous of like people that do better than him he'll like mutilate himself and then go and kill them too which is like a whole which ends up being like a whole um a whole thing like during the fine during the uh final sequence uh, the final sequence after he has seemingly killed everyone but the main character and his and his younger sister at this point he makes this whole thing where he's like yeah i'm going to kill you eventually but i'm just going to fucking toy with you for the time for the time being and he carries these two like poison filled sickles that he uses to mutilate him uh over the course like right before the the final sequence happens and the the other thing that makes it really unsettling is that like you can't like the way to kill, like generally speaking in Demon Slayer, the way that you kill most demons is to behead them, right? But the thing with him is he has like this link to his sister so that he can, as long as both he and his sister, as long as one of them are alive, either of them can regenerate at any point. 
And if you are going to kill them, then you have to behead them at the same time. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference. And yeah, just the, the, the way that they portray him over the entire course of the final sequence. And honestly, honestly, what I'll probably end up doing is sending you all a, a voice note so you can hear. Oh, OK, you Rambo, you posted um, you posted one. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very unsettling sounding and it creeped the shit. It made it made watching watching this like a little difficult at times because of how creepy it sounded. That is very similar to how the two three kind of sounds in uh in Darkness Falls. That like vocal fry, raspy, yeah, noise. It, yeah, and like he, and and he especially especially and he hates pretty much everyone who does better than him because he grew up in poverty before he got turned into a demon. And after becoming a demon, was just like, well, fuck. Well, now I have all these powers. Now I can just kill anyone who's better who has to, who who is better than me. And that's pretty much what he and his sister had been doing for centuries until then. So they get killed off at the end. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Thanks, man. Jeez. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that was that was uh, that was literally the the last one that I had. You know, there's there's something that like there's something to be said about like how many creepy characters that we we all can identify uh, and and bring up and talk about why i'm sure that some psychologists would have a field day as to why these bother us the most um rambo specifically with old lady me with you know children um but like i mean the children was easy for me i have a child so it makes sense that like people hurting kids would bother the fuck out of me so yeah um i'm trying to think of some of the other ones that have just like always been unsettling like i i realized how i compartmentalize stuff because like I had completely forgotten about the fly and, and Rambo brought it up <laughs> and like yeah I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that I've maybe just like shoved aside and yeah. never remembered ever again like who knows I'll, I'll unpack something I'm sure like I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that have really just like freaked me out um, yeah like that that's about it I, I think I think we've pretty much covered it all yeah. Um, oh, the, oh, I won't expound on this, yeah. but the one one that I thought of earlier that I wanted to kind of mention yeah. that I thought Rambo would appreciate. Uh, any of the creatures from Metroid Prime. Oh, yeah. Fair. There's some yeah. fucked up shit I mean, in Metroid Prime. I mean, it, I mean, you could say Metroid in general, but Prime in particular because you have the first person perspective. Yeah. So it's not it's not like with Dread or, Fu or Fusion or any of the other ones where it's side scrolling so you can see stuff coming. And Prime is like, oh no! You just turn around, and they're just maybe this thing flying at you, and you have no idea what the fuck it even is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. It took me it took me like a good while to get through the first Prime because of that. Fair, very fair. Yeah, I, I'm, as far as video games go, I still remember being like, just in general, the first Resident Evil game, just being like, at various points had to turn off, and I was like, nope, I'm done, I'm done there's the part where like you go into the art gallery and you have to figure out how to turn the lights off and the crows can basically peck you to death. So that was unsettling. <laughs> um, also the part where the zombie dogs just crash through the windows. Fucking dogs. Fucking dogs. Every time, man. Um, yeah. You'll walk by a zombie that's dead and you're like, I don't want to worry about that guy. And he starts crawling and grabs your ankle and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the giant snake in the, in the attic. Like, first off, have the snake get in the attic. But like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that game. 
I do. I did enjoy fighting the giant spider though, because you could uh, use the flamethrower, and there was a certain amount of joy. Because as soon as I had that, I was like, "How about a little fire, scarecrow?" Like, <laughs> ah, <laughs> just enjoyable. And then the worst part about it too is once the spider dies, flips over on its back, and it like twitches a couple of times, and then it bursts open, and there's thousands of babies <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, those baby Walk spiders. Walk around, stomping on them. Yeah, you can just stomp on all the. Yeah, you just run and you stomp on the baby spiders. It's gross. Fucking gross, man. Like, <laughs> there's something that's to be said about being scared that, like, I kind of love it. There, there, there's a certain thrill to it. But I'll tell you what I can't do, and we'll end on this note, man. TikTok has people who do scary shit. Like, they, they will tell scary stories, or they'll, like, go into, like, haunted houses and stuff like that, and they play that creepy music. And I can't watch that shit, because if you think about it, like, most people watch, like, you know, they're on their phones right before they go to bed, mm -hmm. and it's dark. So like, it'll be dark in my house and I'll be watching something spooky and I can't see anything behind me. So like, as you had mentioned Rambo, while I'm watching something on TikTok, this would be the perfect time for the monster to sneak up on me because sure. I can't see it moving. Like, so I can't even do, I'll do the spooky stuff and then I'm like, all right, let's watch some fucking adorable dogs. Yep. Adorable Gotta dogs find here. some wholesome shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta balance it out, yeah. Yeah, on that note, let's go ahead and wrap up uh, the podcast. Thank you listeners thank you very much for tuning in to this uh disgusting horrible horribly <laughs> frightening episode of at the diner uh we'll be back um again next week uh mr brooks will be at baltimore comic-con hey if you're at baltimore comic-con make sure you say hi um to mc brooks if you see him out and about also there's some yeah. friends of ours that'll be there too um i know steve Connolly is going to be there uh, i'm trying to think of any of our other artist friends that will be there We'll make sure if you're a member of the GGR group that we put a post in there about all the people that you can go see at Baltimore Comic-Con. Say hi, buy their shit. They're all artists. You can help them and support them. We always appreciate uh, supporting our friends and, uh, and all of their artistic endeavors. That being said, for MC Brooks, for James Rambo, for all of us here at The Great Geek Refuge, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And remember, together, there are no heights that we can't reach. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy!